You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke. Now, joined by a man with many, many titles. Generally, when I'm going through an introduction, I'm like, all right, well, you got one or two. But no, we're joined by the great Ali Farhang, who has about 10,000 titles. And Ali, I'm going to allow you to give the titles out. Oh, come on, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm involved in a, a number of things here in town. Um, first and foremost, I'm an attorney in town, Farhang and Metcalf. We've been in business for over 16 years and uh, very proud of what me and Tim Metcalf have been able to build. But we're on a sports show, so let's talk about sports. Um, as you know, I am the Ali of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. Mm-hmm. Mike, I understand that you're taking over for us on Friday as uh, Justin oh. makes his way down to Starkville. Always a privilege to fill in for you too. Always a privilege. Dude, you're the man. Uh, know the show's in good hands when you're doing it. Uh, so you see my shirt. I'm the one of the founders and the chairman of the Arizona Bowl. We're excited about what this year has to bring, and we can talk a little bit about that later. Oh, yeah. I'm a uh, part owner of the Tucson Sugar Skulls, and uh, the state legislature created a Southern Arizona Sports Authority, Sports, Film, and Tourism, and I have been designated by the legislature as the Pima County representative. And damn it, we are going to bring baseball back to Southern Arizona. So <clears throat> are the Oakland A's a possibility there? Bringing the Oakland A's to Tucson? What's not possible, right? I mean, if they okay. get in a, hey, we were this close, buddy, as you know, to the Raiders playing a year mm-hmm. in Tucson. And I almost had it done. And then uh, the Oakland Coliseum and the Raiders made up and they let him stay another year. If that doesn't happen now. Uh, why not? Why not us? And even if that doesn't occur, Mike, you know, what'll be interesting is the Las Vegas Aviators are a A team in Las Vegas. Obviously, if the A's or when the A's move to Las Vegas, they're not going to want both teams in the same market. So maybe some opportunities for us to not just bring some spring training back, but a A team. All right. Very cool. Very cool. We're going to get to all of that. But Ali, um, you played a little bit of a high school football. You coached a little bit of high school football. This is correct. Yes, this is correct. All right. Now, I want the to get mouth to- of the South. They call me the mouth of the South. I, I never stopped talking on the field. The mouth from the South. Jeff Skurin's greatest football player right here. The great Ali Farhang. Is this correct? <laughs> okay, so, so you say, man, I'm not going to disagree. All right, let's talk a little bit of Arizona football. I mean, I got to be honest with you, Ali, and we've talked about this before, but when Jed Fish came in, you know, we've heard all the grandiose uh, claims that, you know, nobody will outwork us. We're going to recruit the city, this and that. But we've also heard that from previous regimes. Jed Fish came in and he did it. And I'm still kind of pinching myself that this is actually occurring, Ali. It's so bizarre, especially bringing in a five-star kid from your neck of the woods at South Point. Right. We had a few of those when I was coaching there and we're like two miles away. And it was uh, I think we saw Jim Harbaugh from Michigan more than the Arizona coaches. In fact, I know we did. And so it's it's gratifying to see what Coach Fish is doing. Listen, you know, somebody asked me when this search was going on, 
who do I think we should hire? And I'm like, I don't have a name for you, but here's the boxes. I want somebody who's engaged in the community. I want somebody that comes in their press conference and says, we're going to win Arizona. And I want somebody that's going to bring back the old players and make them feel part of the family. And Jet Fish has checked every box for me. And so great hire by, you know, uh, Arizona Athletics. And and I'm I'm very pleased where our program is right now. Well, and, you know, the thing with Jed Fish, too, is that he always strikes me as the guy that, you know, I'm going to recruit you till the very end, where it felt like the previous coaching staff was looking for a reason not to recruit Bijan Robinson or Lathan Ransom, players like that. But with Jed Fish, it was, all right, we got Elijah Rushing in town right here. He's a five-star kid. We are going to be on him until the very end. And it goes and shows too, if you put a good product out on the field in Tucson, which he has done and you sell a vision, you can get some of these guys, Ali. And like I said, we're blessed to be here with you because again, you've seen what five-star local products look like up in the flesh up close. Yeah. I mean, look, man, whether it's business or college recruiting or your profession, two success, two successful components of that are being present and being engaged. And then you act being genuine, right? Right. And, uh, you know, I lament over the fact of like, you know, everybody knew Bijan Robinson was going to be a college football player, at least when the kid was nine years old. Right. And he grew up watching Arizona football. And you can talk about Lathan Ransom and Jonah Miller and Mateo Mele. The list goes on of guys that left South Point, went to other schools. Jed Fit, this is not the coaching staff I'm a part of, but I understand that Jed Fish and his entire staff was in the weight room at 6 a.m when South Point started uh, their, their off-season training, being present and being engaged and being authentic matters. And so being pr- that makes a huge uh, impact on those kids because they know it's not a transactional relationship. What Jed Fish is selling, there's some sincerity to it. Right. When we had, we had uh, uh, Kean Burnett's father on, uh, Big Chester, obviously, U of A great. And he said the thing that was interesting to him about Jed Fish is that Jed Fish recruited Kean harder after he committed to the U of A than before. And he said, listen, I've been around the recruiting process. A lot of times when a coach gets that commitment, well, to quote Ali, we've checked off that box. We'll see on signing day. Totally different in this regard. And, you know, that's a U of A legacy right there. Absolutely, man. And, you know, from all accounts, uh, Coach Fish and his staff are high energy all the time. And then think about what college coaches like Jed have to deal with, right? So they're recruiting these high caliber high school kids and not just after they commit, not just before they commit, but after they commit to make sure that they stay firm to their commitment. But every single year you got to, you got to recruit the guys on your team to stay and right. not go in the transfer portal. I, I do not, uh, I do not envy being a head football coach at a, you know, high power division one college, like the university of Arizona, university, like the university of Arizona. And uh, it's uh, with NIL transfer portal, all that, I mean, you're really, if you think about it, you're more of a CEO of a company than you are an X's and O's coach. Right. No, that's exactly right. So let's talk about what we've seen on the field so far. And honestly, we'll get to the defense, but Ali, the thing that's really impressed me is when, when Jed took over, you didn't have much talent. I mean, I'm not really breaking any news right here. I don't need to be able to argue in front of the ninth circuit to be able to tell somebody that, but uh, I, we, there might be one or two, there might be one person on this stream that has done that. And guess what? It's not me. I'll let you guess who the other one is, but you just look at the talent overhaul on the offensive side of the ball with all due respect to Will Plummer and Gunner, Gunner Cruz. 
Jane Delore is a different animal entirely. You've got a stable of running backs right there. You've got one of the best wide receiving cores in the country. I think you could arguably make the case it's the best since back in 1998. And then you got an offensive line with multiple NFL players. Ali, that doesn't happen here much, and he's done this in short time. I think that's what's so impressive about all this. Honestly, what he's done is uh, miraculous. Uh, I won't call it a miracle, but it's miraculous. Right. And, um, you know, if you think about it, he took over a program that was one in their last 25 games, right. one in 24. Right. And he's been able to sell hope and he's been able to sell a vision for the future. And, um, you know, the offensive weapon, it's not just the guys that are on the front line. Right. We've had great receivers at Arizona. We've right. had great offensive linemen. We've had some pretty good quarterbacks. Uh, a guy that was at the game Saturday, Nick Foles, wasn't so bad. Good. But look what Jetfish has done is look at the depth. Look at the depth at receiver. Look at the depth at running back. Look at the depth at offensive line. Look at that quarterback room. I'm, if you don't, you just wait. Noah Fafita will be a star quarterback in the Big 12. I am glad that you brought up Noah Fafita. I, I don't care how tall he is. First of all, he's going to break some barriers for sure because he's probably about 5'7 or 5'8 max. But you watch his command of the offense. You go to practice or you even watching the games, there's something different about him. The way the ball snaps off of his hands. If he was six foot, he'd be at Alabama right there. Granted, yeah. he's about four or five inches shorter than that. But I totally agree with you on that. He's going to be a star in the Big 12. I like that little segue right there, Ali. Hey, man, I'm excited for that. And uh, I'm also excited for, I mean, I've watched a lot of Pac-12 football on Saturday. And this is as competitive and as good as this league has been in football. And I don't know how long. And right. one of the things that's going to be interesting is watching Arizona football against NAU. There's a couple of plays, you know, we would have liked to take back just like any other football game. And it would have been interesting had uh, NAU executed on that field goal instead of it being returned for a touchdown. Right. If that would have changed the complex of the game, but, or the context of the game, but there's no gimmies in this league. There really is not. And, um, you know, I think Arizona is obviously better, obviously right. better on the defensive end. But, you know, I was thinking maybe eight, nine wins is the ceiling for this team. Even if Arizona won six games, we could actually be better and still finish with a similar record as last year. And I don't think people should take that as a negative. It's still progress. But, I mean, you look at Washington, you look at Oregon. I know it's Portland State, but they put up 81. 81. Cal put up 58 on, on North Texas. I know it's North Texas, but it's 58. Right. You know, and then I saw or Oregon State was probably one of the most impressive wins that I saw. Washington State pounded a very, very formidable. I mean, it's Colorado State is no slouch. And then, you know, Colorado, what they did in right. TCU. It's just this league is crazy competitive this year. Isn't that the most Pac-12 thing ever, though, that it gets crazy competitive in the last year when it's basically its swan song? <laughs> you know, the only thing that would be more Arizona and more Pac-12 is Arizona would just have that special season, win the Pac-12 title, and not go to the Rose Bowl because it's not affiliated with the league this year as part of the college football playoff. It's the most, it'd be the most Arizona Pac-12 thing to ever happen. Now, Mississippi State, Ali, the closer we get to this game, I know the spread is nine and a half. Check it out on the BetMGM Sportsbook app. We'll get to that. I give Arizona a very legitimate chance in this game. I really do. Because you look, remember back to last year, Arizona was in the game, but they really weren't ever in the game, if that makes any sense. Like, 
you never really felt they were going to win, but you just wanted to keep it respectable. The offense now, you got a second year in the system with a lot of these same players. The defense is bigger. We'll get to that, obviously. I give Arizona a real chance in this game, Ali, and I didn't give them a real chance last year, even though it was at home. Yeah, you know, Mississippi State, we had one of their beat reporters on Spears and Ali today. And, uh, you know, they, they've had a lot of changes in the back end of their defense in the secondary. Uh, they had a guy named Will Forbes that was drafted in the first round last year. Really good safety. So there's going to be some opportunities for Arizona in the passing game. And then on, on defense, you know, can we stop the run and make them one-dimensional? I think Mississippi State's quarterback, Will Rogers, has been playing college for 11 years. Mm. Um, at least that's what it, I know. He's only it actually is in his fourth year, but he started from the, as a freshman. So it seems like he's been around forever. It's going to be a it's test for Arizona. Yeah. To go down there and beat that Mississippi state team. But I were more prepared to be competitive and win that game this Saturday than we were last year. I agree with you hundred percent. And here's the thing. If Arizona were to win the game or be, let's just say, let's just say you're really competitive. Let's say it's a 34 to 28 game. Hope, hope springs eternal then coming back because then you got UTEP. Then you start off with the conference right there. And I think what's exciting to me about Arizona this year, Ali, is that, yes, Arizona might not win these games, but there's very few games that I look on the schedule and say, we have no chance of winning this game. I'll tell you what, in years past, there were a lot of those games where you're like, oh, no chance, no chance. All right, maybe we could sneak this one. It's different just looking down that roster or, excuse me, down that schedule at this point. Yeah, I mean, to provide a balanced view, I mean, Arizona can win every single game on its schedule, and Arizona can lose every game on its schedule. I mean, right. I watched uh, Stanford at Hawaii. Again, I know it's Hawaii, but they look more competent than they did last year. I, I mentioned Cal. I mean, the team that looked to me to be the worst, and this is not just bias, is right. ASU, right? right? So, but, you know, that was a second half after like a two-hour haboob, right? Whatever that was that happened only only in Tempe. Um I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, we're more physically dominant than NAU. And uh, it shows you how far we've come in two years because that physicality was not – it was – Northern Arizona won the physicality contest two years ago, which was a, shows you kind of where the rosters come from here from then. And I think that if we can be physically – match their physicality, if they got a huge offensive line, they got a bit pretty good defensive line – we can match their physicality up front, win the turnover battle, maybe get a few splash plays like we did with the block kick and uh, return for a touchdown. Right. There's no reason why Arizona can't win that game. And they can go into USC and beat USC. We can beat Washington. We can beat Oregon. Obviously, it's going to take some things for that to happen. But Arizona, is a, it's a very good football team. This is a back the A mentality from Ali right here. We like this. Always, buddy. Always back in the A. All right, Ollie, when was the last time you went to Circle K? I know you've been to Circle K because you're a wise man. When was the last time you went to Circle K? Last time I went to Circle K was uh, last Thursday. All right, here's the deal. If you want to see a local celebrity at Circle K, Ollie is just guaranteed that he will be at Circle K in the future because he's been there in the past. Now, here's the deal. Join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details, and you might see Ollie maybe on the way to a case, maybe on the way to the radio. 1490, obviously, so the Spears and Ollie show, or Spears and Ollie, sorry. That's from okay. You had to do that. You had to do that. It makes it right. 
I know I got to, you know, listen, I got to mess it up at some point just to be able to get it right. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Dion because we mentioned Colorado a little bit earlier. Um, Dion to me, I don't know why more coaches or schools don't do this where you have nothing to lose. And here's what I mean is that if you're Colorado, listen, when I was growing up, Colorado was awesome in the nineties. Obviously when you were starring at Sabino, they were awesome, mm-hmm. but They've fallen on hard times. Nobody cares about Colorado sports. You bring in Dion. What's the worst that could happen? Doesn't work. The best that can happen is it totally invigorates a fan base. That was a fun game to watch against TCU. Yeah. What did I see? I saw something like you could have gone to every Colorado game last year for a total of like $225. And a ticket for the Nebraska game is $470. Right. I mean, incredible. Um and a lot of vision by their athletic director, a lot of foresight. And Dion, it's not like he didn't have a track record. I mean, what he did at Jackson State, the re- bringing a guy, the number one recruit in the country to play at Jackson State right. shows you that there's a there's an aura around Dion. And then he's brought, to his credit, I know people have a hard time with his ego. I personally love the way he presents himself. But he he has an ego that is strong enough. And I give Jed Fish credit for this too, to bring really good coaches around him. He doesn't have to be the smartest guy in the room. Right. So um, that TCU Colorado was one of the most uh, entertaining, pleasurable ga- football games to watch that I can remember in a long time. And you watch him too. He's not out there. Yes, he's intense, but it's also not like he's trying to make this a sideshow all about him, which, you know, could be easy because you're one of the most iconic football players ever. It looks like he goes out there and he's got a purpose. He's got a play. He's not just following his son around all over the sideline. He's letting him breathe. He For a first game, you know, at the Power 5 level, it certainly looks like Dion gets it. And listen, you're going to be able to recruit. I think it's just more interesting to see exactly how your persona is on the sideline. I tell you what, they they continue along the same path as they did in game one. Colorado is going to be one of the most formidable recruiting machines in the entire country because you're going to have a lot of players that want to go play for Dion. And, uh, you know, with the dearth of black coaches in college right. football right now, for African-American kids, you know, you think Dion's not going to be talking about, like, you're really going to go play over there you know, right. you want to play for an African-American coach. You want to support African-American coaches. It's going to be a thing. And, and he's like, he's just going to, he's going to do an excellent job. I don't know why more, you know why they don't do it? It's because uh, there's too many deer in the headlights bureaucrats at the college athletics level. It's why, it's why the backpack 12 ultimately folded is because you didn't have a business leader, a shark out there, promoting the future of the Pac-12, yet a bureaucrat for the most part. And I'm talking mostly about Larry Scott um, right. and, and and maybe a certain president that resides up north of Tucson. Just not really the, the hubris of the league of not being aware of where it was is just astounding to me. And it's too bad we ended up where we did. But I, I think Dion's going to do great. I think Colorado, again, they may have five wins. They may have six wins. No matter what, it's going to be a successful year because you know what we're doing? We're on the Back the A podcast with Mike Luke in Tucson, Arizona. We're talking about Dion Sanders and Colorado football. And that just shows you how relevant they are, to be honest with you. I mean, exactly. we're not talking about it if it's uh, Carl Durrell or whoever a case may be. Now, you mentioned the Big 12. I wanted to get your take on this. Um Nobody, I think, really wanted to leave the Pac-12. But listen, at this stage in the game, the Pac-12 behaved its way into this, Ali. I mean, 
you know, when you've got when you've got presidents, vocal presidents like Michael Crow that clearly don't understand what streaming is or the uh, you know, like when their little clip about it where he says that, um, you know, you can take the uh, the take the action and then you can repurpose it and play it again. Yeah, that's been around for about 30 years, dude. But. You know, you get so many uh, people like that, and then they call it the truck stop conference. Not that he did, but the condescending look is just not a good look, especially when the other uh, the other side on the other end of the tracks already has a TV deal that you don't have. And you could have had, and you could have had, but you were so pompous in how you dealt with ESPN and Fox that they ended up pulling their deals and said, "We'll see you later." So. I mean, it's it, it is. Listen, I'm 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 all about nostalgia, man, and I love the Pac-12 conference. But you know, c- can we just have, be soberly reflect and understand that there's a difference between athletics and academics? And I understand, you know, being in a league, if I feel a certain way about myself and I'm hobnobbing with Stanford and Cal, that makes me feel great about my own, uh, you know, right genius. That's great. But athletics is a different animal altogether. And from an athletic standpoint. Pat, Arizona fans, I'm, I'm, I'm warning you, you have to get used to this. Number one, you're going to see more fans from other teams in the Big 12 at our games than you've ever seen from the Pac-12. For sure. Because there's a passionate fan base there. And then when it comes to basketball, whether it be men's or women's basketball, there's a certain swagger that comes with Arizona basketball. We walk into other stadiums, and that's the biggest game of the year. Well, we're not the biggest game of the year in the Big 12 because after that, they play Kansas State, who was in the Elite Eight. After that, they play Baylor that was in a national championship game a few years ago. Oh, guess what? We've got Kansas on Saturday. Yeah. So, you know, watching a Washington State game or a Cal game and hearing U of A chants, that's not going to happen in the Big 12. So it's going to we're going to have to recalibrate as Arizona fans and we're going to have to up our game because the passion level of the Big 12 that they have for athletics I'm just telling you, has not is not something that Arizona fans have experienced in a long time in the Pacific Athletic, Athletic Conference. And I think you hit the nail on the head when it comes to academics. Listen, all my degrees are from the U of A. Proud to have graduated from the U of A. But you know what? I don't look at my U of A degrees in journalism as being any less when the Arizona is attached to the Big 12 as opposed to the Pac-12. That, to me, is such a nonsensical argument. Um, yes, it's cool to be able to say you're at the same table as Stanford, but at the end of the day, you're also not Stanford, and nobody thinks that you're Stanford. And that's the part that just drives me up a wall. Yeah, I don't get it at all. I mean, <clears throat> before we made the deal with the Big 12, kind of what I put out on the table, what I thought would be a great thing to do would to be to combine with the Athletic uh, Coast Conference, the ACC, mm-hmm. and call it the Coast to Coast Conference. Right. And then basically operate as two leagues with the championship game between the Atlantic and the Pacific champions you would have had every major demographic, you had every major time zone. It would have been a win-win, but it didn't ultimately end up that way. And so what? I'm more than happy to be in the Big 12. And uh, frankly, for Arizona fans to to have to raise their game a little bit, because we're going to have to. It's going to be weird being in a conference, too, that clearly cares about sports. I know that sounds really pretentious, but it just, I mean, there, there are people in this conference that just don't care about sports. I mean, we all know who they are being in the big 12 is going to be different because all these schools care about sports to give you an idea. Let's use Jared Hass for an example at Stanford. When I was growing up, Stanford was one of the top 15 programs in the nation. Uh, Maples pavilion was the best home court advantage outside of McHale. Jared Hass has been there eight years. and I don't know that he had a win. He has a winning record. If you go eight years or whatever the case may be in the big 12, 
without a winning record, Ali, probably not going to keep having that job. No, no. And, and, you know, it's like, you know, like we talked about, man, it's uh, athletics and academics are two separate things. And being part of the Big 12 does not in any way diminish the academic star or shine of the University of Arizona. That stands on its own. It's we are getting the best of both. And, and by the way, you know, don't diminish these other uh, academic institutions by saying that they are not on the same level as us academically, because, you know, getting a degree from Kansas or Baylor or, you know, even uh, Texas Tech. I mean, that, right. you know, it's 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 not it's not like it's it's, it's undergrad. OK, right. let's we talk about graduate school. That's a different thing, but it's undergrad. And by the way, that Texas Tech game with Arizona, that's going to become a thing. That'll be a rivalry right there. Oh, I totally agree with you. By the way, Ollie, you're a man that likes to bet a little bit. This is true. Allegedly, yes. Allegedly. All right. Yeah. But here, let me tell you about the good deal that BetMGM's got going on right here, Ollie. Give it to me, man. All right. Here's the deal. You can place your first bet. Here's it. Sign up for BetMGM. That's the first thing you got to do. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10, just $10. All he can spring that, maybe save a little bit of money from the Circle K, you know, get a little bit of that money back. And then you will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Ali, everything I said right there is true, even though it might sound too good to be true. Let's hear the disclaimer just to verify all this. Link problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Dude, you got this dialed in, Luke. I like it. I do. I do. You're weaving in the conversation with the promotional stuff. True professional, Mike Luke. Circle K transitions to Ali arguing in front of the Ninth Circuit, then back to the BetMGM Sportsbook app where we can also put down money to get stuff. By the way, what do you think of the line? Uh, Arizona uh, Arizona plus nine and a half against Mississippi State. Where does Ali lean on that? Are you back you in know, the I think, you know, I, I think those are one of those bets where I'm just going to bet Arizona money line. Um, I right. think that they can win the game and, uh, you know, I'll take the, I'll take the, the odds in my favor mm. as opposed to the maybe minus 110, 115, take a nine and a half. Or if you want to try to make it like a, you know, an even plus 100 bet, maybe tease it down to Arizona plus seven and a half. Mm, I like I'll it. Do, I like I'll do, it. I'll do one of those two things. Right. All right. I like it right there. Now, defensively, we're going to find out about this team. I get that it's NAU. I totally get that. But the defense is clearly bigger on the defensive line right there. You don't got guys that look like me out there anymore. Right. And on top of that, you got nine tackles for loss. I can't remember the last time an Arizona team, no matter who they were playing, had nine tackles for loss. Again, I get that it's NAU, but I was, uh, I'm was i cautiously optimistic that this defense won't be one of the absolute worst in the conference this year, maybe around eight. That's what I'm going for there, Ali. Yeah, you know, uh, I think that this defense, you, you nailed it. I mean, it's all going to be about the front seven. And can we – there's two kind of keys for me for Arizona football. Can we stop the run and make teams one-dimensional in the passing game? And then, you know, number two, can we create pressure without blitzing? Can that front four bring pressure so that we have seven in coverage? If we can do that on a somewhat consistent basis, then 
with the offensive firepower this team has, the sky's the limit for Arizona football. Right. I totally agree. And here's the thing, too. Like you said, if you can get some kind of push with that front four right there, because it's been forever since we've had anybody. I mean, I think you got to go back to almost Scooby to where you had somebody that could do right that. But um, now with uh, we got Justin. People are asking about Justin Flo. This is going to be an interesting one right here, because Ollie, back when you were starring at Sabino, the linebacker was very much of a, you know, you're a three down linebacker. You plug the hole. This is a different game entirely now where you've got linebackers involved in pass coverage. And, you know, Jed has essentially alluded to it. Yeah, he's a five-star kid, but he's got to figure out all everything we're trying to do on the defensive side. That's where that's where it's different in football than when you were starring, Ali. Yeah, and I think this is where, you know, the coaches can be a little creative because I think Justin Flo, in, in Coach Fish's words, is one of the most athletic players mm-hmm. that he's coached at Arizona. So can we get him integrated in the defense in a way that he doesn't have to think – Right. And so how do we do that? Well, I know we play a 40 defense, but, you know, maybe maybe in obvious passing situations, we got Isaiah Ward on one side. We got two down linemen and we put Justin Flo as a stand up end and ha- just go get the just quarterback. Go. That's all you got to do is go get the quarterback. So I don't think I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we didn't show our full arsenal on defense or offense against NAU. I'm going to be kind of interested to see if Arizona tries to implement Justin Flo a lot more in the defense when it comes to rushing the passer. Right. I think that's exactly it. You know, just kind of eliminate some of those responsibilities and allow him to just do what he does best. And like you said, that's be a physical wrecking ball out there because you can definitely tell the dude's different. The way he hits, the way that he attacks the ball is just totally different than a lot of, well, than what we've seen here in recent years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, how great is it that we brought in? I mean, I'm going to take it as a great sign. We brought in a five star recruit that went to Oregon that transferred here. That's got all those skills. But the transfer we got from Washington is more consistent and he's backing them up. So that goes back to the I mean, the depth conversation we had to start the show. I mean, it's it's a great problem to have. It's something that coaches with a lot of talent got to navigate. But I mean, I'd rather have too much talent and figuring out how to put them in a position to succeed as opposed to I have no other choices, which is year one of Jetfish. Yes, exactly. And they also do a really good job of evaluating players. Now, I mean, it's one thing, you know, when you bring in a T-Mac who's a five-star kid, but, you know, look at a, a tan- look at a Tanner McLaughlin. Look at a big Jonas Sabanea right there. These are dudes who two or three star kids kind of afterthought guys. And, you know, if you go to an NFL or an NFL practice, if you go to a U of a practice, Joe DeSavine is the best pro prospect on the team. And he was a three star kid last year at this time. So, I mean, they do a very good job of this. Yeah. I mean, with all respect to those guys that uh, decide to Don give the stars out, <laughs> they don't, they don't know crap. I mean, <clears throat> you, you have to do the work, right. And I, and you'd actually be surprised Luke at how many colleges they recruit, uh, based on who other schools recruit. They let the other schools do the work. We had we had kids that wouldn't get a look, but then all of a sudden a school would get give them a, a scholarship offer. And then all of a sudden another school would be like, well, if they give him a scholarship offer, he's obviously good enough. Right. One thing that Coach Fish and, and his staff have shown me is they actually watch film. They actually do the work. <laughs> for and sure, for sure. That is crazy to say. Yeah, but no. be shocked at how many schools don't do the work. And, you know, we're fortunate at Arizona that our coaches do. 
my favorite is Bruno Fina being offered by the LA schools and then Arizona saying, you know what, maybe we should offer the legacy kid. After yeah. That, that was, just, that's maybe my favorite out of all the South point stuff right there. Right. I mean, it's, we had, you know, we had Mateo Mele, right. Mateo Mele right. is a starting lineman for Washington right now. I mean, he right. fills the door, the door up and it's like, well, we're not sure. Maybe he's a mountain West kid. Maybe he's a, as a, you know, Group of five. I don't believe in power five, group of five. We can talk about that later. No such thing as that. But then he gets recruited by a couple of schools, and all of a sudden they offer him a scholarship. I mean, again, to credit to Coach Fish, he gets a lot of these recruits because he's first and he's persistent. Right. And that's something that was missing, frankly, in the last regime completely. Never first, never persistent. And then the, the regime prior to that, not always first. A little better on persistence. Um, so, look, he, like I said, Coach Fish checked that box. Arizona's got a lot of talent, both in Phoenix and Tucson uh, and the surrounding areas. Arizona needs to win the recruiting battle. I mean, I remember my, like, the the year, uh, Bijan and Lathan's last year at uh, South Point. I think Cal, Cal was the leading recruiter in the state of Arizona because of right. Charlie Ragel, who's at ASU now. So right. we better be ready for that. I mean, that, that can never happen. Right, for sure. How many quarterbacks do we watch? How many great quarterbacks are in college right now that came out of the state of Arizona? That can never happen. Um, well, and it's just it's ridiculous. And I'm glad that we have a coach that gets it. Well, just look locally. I mean, you know, it's a great example. Um, you know, obviously, Elijah Rushing gets uh, a ton of the pub, as he should. Um, I have a buddy at South Point that told me last year, he said, listen, we just got this kid, Keona, who literally showed up here. And Kiona is as good as him. And he said, Kiona might even have a higher upside. And, you know, I, I took that under advisement. Guess who's the first school to offer them? The U of A. You go to that South Point Morana game. Get, look at the kid at uh, Morana who's catching 10 passes or eight passes for a buck 27, Desmond Roebuck. Guess who the first school to offer him is? The U of A. This isn't rocket science. Right. And who, I mean, and so are, are you good at your job? Are you good at talent evaluation? Well, you should know early on, whether this kid is going to be a division one player or not. I mean, right. they offered, who's the first offer to the Barry Hill kid from Sabino, right? There you go. It was Arizona. That kid is a division one football player. Correct. If Jetfish were the coach seven, eight years ago at Arizona, I believe in my opinion, we, there was a very good possibility that guys like Bijan and Lathan and Mateo and Bruno Fina, they'd all be Wildcats. Right. I know I totally agree with you because it's also listen, it's also hard to tell somebody no that really wants you. I mean, when they want to keep you local and they have something to sell. Now, listen, if you're going 0 and 12 and he's saying, hey, we'd really like you to still come here. I yeah. But if you're continuously getting better, if you show a vision, it becomes much easier to be able to sell that. Whereas Bichon didn't have an option. Let's just be honest. Bichon couldn't come here. That would have been the worst strategic decision that he could have possibly made, as crappy as that is to say. Yeah, and he ended up in a great place. And, uh, you know, now we get to uh, watch his uh, professional football debut this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. How about that? I, dude, I'm excited about that. You got him on your fantasy team? I know you're a big fantasy player. Oh, I'm big. And I tried to implement this rule. in My, my fantasy football league is about 20 years old. Hmm. And I'm the commissioner, Franco's Italian Brigade. Okay. <laughs> and uh, just guys. I knew there'd be a Steelers the, reference. I knew there would be. And all a bunch of guys from all over the country, we fly in and we started at, you know, going to the Francisco Grand, Grande in Casa Grande. And we've elevated to the Ritz. All right. Mm -hmm. this, so what? I like it. 
And um, you got to have an ESP. Wait a second here. You got to have some kind of ESPN Tucson thing filming this for you guys to be able to talk about. This would be fantastic radio. Oh, that'd be uh, no. What happens behind those doors stays behind those doors, Luke. Um, oh, fair enough. But but I tell you, uh, I tried to implement a rule. Like I said, okay, listen, guys, I have a new rule. If you coach the kid in high school and he's in the NFL, you get it's an auction league. You get him for ten bucks. And of course, I got voted down. And everybody knew I wanted Bijan, so they totally right. outbid me. So I didn't get Bijan. Wait a second, though. Is this the Pac-12? Why are you not? You're the commissioner. You call the shots right here, Ali. I know, I know. But uh, you, you just, if you're too much of a despot, then you lose your followers. You gotta, you gotta rule. You can't rule with a complete iron fist. All right. You were fortunate enough to be on the overseas trip with the U of A right there. And I want to get some of your takes on what your take on everything that you saw. But first, look at Ali and you're like, you know what? That guy's always dressed sharp. Pins and aces would be a nice little attire, nice little addition to the Ali Farhang attire right here. Do you Tell go for it? Tell me about it. What's pins and laces? Pins and aces. Do you go? Yeah. Do you, I, you strike me as a good golfer because you strike me as being talented at everything. I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Tell me about that, pins and aces. That's all his way of saying he's good. All right. Yeah, check, out pin, <laughs> check out pinsandaces.com and use code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. All kinds of cool stuff. The official golf apparel of PHNX and all city. So check it out. Next time you're playing it, uh, let me see. You strike me as a... Hmm. Let's see how pompous you think I am. Go ahead. Hmm. Is Raven still the name of the course by Sabino? Uh, I don't. I think that's Tucson National now. Tucson yeah, National. Yeah, you're the Tucson National guy. Haven't been there forever, man. Uh, I, I was a member of a local country club. I don't get to play as much as I like, but uh, you know, uh, you're I not at around. Fred Inc. Put it that way. Fred Is that Inc. fair? You're not at Fred Inc. Uh, Fred Inc.'s a perfectly good course. I would, dude, I grew up at Fred Inc., man. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I would always have to take like 12 golf balls with me because they would end up in gopher holes or like snakes would take them because I have a wicked slice. But either way, check it out. Pinsandaces.com. All right. I, we- I am as ex- I am excited as a conquistador, a quick plug that mm-hmm. uh, the Colligar Classic, the, the tournament that we run every year for, for our community, where a bunch of net proceeds go to help youth sports and kids. First, it's going. It's changing from the Omni to La Paloma, and I think it's going to be outstanding at La Paloma. So I look for really big crowds and a lot of people at another Colligar Classic at uh, La Paloma Country Club. You're going to be playing. This is correct. Well, no, this is uh, like the Champions Tour. So we put on a Champions Tour event. I will play in a pro am. Yes, I'll be well, playing. That's what I meant. Yeah, you're going yeah. to be in the pro am. Correct. Absolutely. All right. Now, what do you? What does Ali generally shoot? I'm curious about this. What is your? Uh, what's your handicap? My handicap is uh, three vodka sodas and uh, just have fun. And if, 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 if I hit it out of bounds, I'm not looking for the ball. I'm just dropping another one. You're like, I'm taking that one penalty stroke. Here we go. Buddy, <laughs> I learned a long time ago. I, I tried to put so much effort in being really good at golf. I was so frustrated and so tired and upset. And I'm like, why? I hate this. So I learned how to play golf in a way that I love. And I play with people that I like. I like to have a good time. And uh, I am not going to be looking 10 minutes for my ball. I'll just drop another ball. You don't plan on use. You don't plan on quitting your day job to be, uh, join the senior tour. This is correct. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not Tony at all. Clifton right here with a great question. Does Ali use the foot wedge? Uh, yeah, if I have to. I mean, I, 
give myself a good lie. What, why not? I'm not betting. I'm not betting. So if I was betting, man, you got, if you're betting and it's a competition, you got to play it even up. But if I go to play golf to enjoy myself and enjoy my company. So I use a foot wedge, an elbow wedge, a pinky wedge, whatever wedge I need to so I can have fun. All right. You were fortunate enough to be uh, over uh, go to the Middle East with the U of A basketball team and some pl- uh, people on the sides, the great Paul Volpe, uh, Bruce Pascoe, many different personalities right there. Ali, you got to talk about your trip right now because I was living vicariously through all of you guys. It looked fantastic. Hey, so first of all, Paul Volpe, I got a new nickname for him that I, it's, it's going to be a thing. Uh, it's going to be, it's not like fetch. It's fetch is not a thing, Gretchen, uh, but it is. Uh, Swaggy PV, swaggy Paul Volpe, man, because the dude is like just magnificent. The dress, the demeanor. Yeah. And for being one of the most understated, humble guys I know, I mean, just he's just a beautiful guy. So swaggy PV had a great time with him. Um, I know it's cliche, man, but the as great as going to see Jerusalem and Tel Aviv and Abu Dhabi was and it was great. Uh, the people involved was the best part. So the people, there's like seven of us associated with the program that are not part of the coaching staff or right. significant others. Just a great group of people that, uh, you know, you talk about the zone, you know, being in the zone, playing sports, the connection that we all had together and like just the friendships that were developed, we were in the friendship zone. It was great. Yeah. And I saw a few right. of them at the football game and it was like, I hadn't seen my brother in a week and miss right. them. Can't wait to see them again. We want to see each other some more. But let me give you my greatest takeaway. You know, there's a lot of teams out there that talk about culture and they do like a family on three. But I see behind the scenes, you know, did I know Tommy Lloyd and Jack Murphy and Steve Robinson and others before? Yeah. Do I know him better now? A lot. And I can see the success of or why Tommy Lloyd is so successful. Because from the coaches to the coaches' wives, there is a genuine sense of family within that program. And those those kids, and their kids that are playing on that team, they view them as people before players. And so when you do that and you create that kind of environment and you create the, that kind of connection, you are more likely to have a successful cohesion as a team. And so it was really fun for me to see the culture and the family atmosphere that coach Lloyd, the rest of the coaches and their wives, their wives are amazing. The support they give them, the, what they create for these kids. It's a, it's an environment for success and man, from a basketball standpoint, we are going to be really, really good this year. And you know what I love about, you know what I love about Lloyd too, is that when you listen, if I go 61 and 11, Ollie, I'm not listening to anything that anybody else has to say to me i have gone 61 and 11 but you know when we had jack murphy on the show he said listen you know we had a talk after the show or the season needed to get more ball handling needed to get a little bit tougher you're only in year two right here as the head coach and you're already saying all right we got to do this we got to do this a little bit better it takes a pretty i mean i don't want to say humble that's not the right word but it's a it's a pretty interesting quality for a guy that's been that successful to say all right we got to get a little bit better in these areas. And it just struck me is that, and I think you're going to see that. Like you said, I love this roster. I think it's going to be the best roster he's had here. Yeah. And you know, it, what I think what you're looking for is it shows self-awareness, right? You don't get uh, delusional uh, ego delusional by ego. And uh, I, I, it was reported a little bit, 
a little bit by Pasco, but the whole trip started, you know, we came to Phoenix the night before because we had an early flight and Jack Murphy, we have, look, we have a lot of new kids. We have Caleb Love from North Carolina, San Diego State's Kishaw Johnson. We've got KJ Lewis as a freshman, uh, you know, we got some, some, right. We got a bunch of new guys. Jack Murphy gave a presentation on the history and what it means to be a part of Arizona basketball. Luke, if you were sitting there, you'd be ready. I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't dunk. And I know you probably you can't dunk from being no, next I to you. I can't either, Ollie. I know you're surprised by that. Yeah. You would have been able after after Jack's presentation, you've been able to dunk. It was that inspirational and like really set the tone for the trip. And the kids that came from different places to get an understanding of what Arizona basketball is all about, I thought was just excellent, excellent uh, strategy by the coaching staff. Jack did an amazing job. And, uh, you know, from there, going to see the holy sites in Jerusalem, the city of David, the Wailing Wall, going to Bethlehem. And it's like, oh, you can touch this star. This is where some say that Jesus was born. This is where the cave that some say that he was resurrected. Uh, to see the people and the way that they express their faith. Just unbelievable. Abu Dhabi, the well, Tel Aviv is an amazing city. It's like, I mean, I didn't know it was a beach town. Look, as educated as I am, I didn't. You, you read history. We lived history. Yeah. We were there. And uh, Tel Aviv is a beautiful city. And then uh, flying to Abu Dhabi and the infrastructure, how clean it is. I mean, just an incredible trip. Going into the Dead Sea, swimming in the Persian Gulf. I, uh, it's, you're asking me to describe the indescribable because the feelings and the sensations of being there and experiencing it are something that is, even for a guy like me that is, practiced and studied and being able to articulate themselves in a manner that's persuasive is very difficult to do. All right. Speaking of the Dead Sea right here, which we're going to get back to in a second, let me tell you about Splash Sports here, Ollie. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Head to splashsports.com slash PHNX to join in. We'll have different contests coming out, so we're stoked to compete with and against you. Be sure to uh, click on the link in the description. Here's where it gets very fun. Uh, the first prize winner gets 315 bucks. The second gets 90 Third gets 45 PHNX Survivor Contest, $450 winner-take-all prize right there. Deposit cash to get started, and it's just $5 to enter right there. Very cool. Splash Sports on the heels of the Dead Sea right there. Now, did you float in the Dead Sea? I did float in the Dead Sea. I did put the mud all over myself. I'm still glowing, right? You can see the golden say, the brown shiny. Yeah, the head's shiny. It was, Mike, it was so hot. I mean, it's hot outside, like I think with humidity, like 125 heat right. index. And then you get in the water and you get hotter. Right. Um, there's no splashing in the Dead Sea, buddy. It's a lake, by the way. It's not actually a sea. It's actually a lake. But there's right. so much salt that you are very buoyant. And uh, you don't want to put your head underneath because you'll feel it. I got to ask you about the Emoy. Now, is this true that the Emoy met the shake? There's many, uh, there's, uh, there's many conflicting accounts right here. We figured we would get somebody on there. Uh, the question is, which shake? Uh, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. I asked Bruce Pascoe, and he said that he was running with the story, and then he was told that it wasn't true and that they were just yanking his chain. I figured that Ali would come in here and be able to rectify some misconceptions. You know, one of the things that I learned uh, years ago is when it comes to Emoy, you don't want to either confirm or deny any stories because anything point. is possible. That's a great point. And, and nothing is possible with him. He's yeah. a he's a chameleon, that guy. 
he he really matches in with anything. He can be a celebrity when he needs to. He can be the best. Uh, he can be the best uh, equipment manager, the best assistant athletic director. You name it, the Emoys got it. Such a great dude, man. And you know that's the thing is like makes me happy to be happier. I'm a big Arizona basketball fan. It's Pittsburgh Steelers, Arizona basketball, Arizona football, right? Lakers are and, in there somewhere. Yeah, what's that? Aren't the Lakers in there somewhere? The Lakers are right there too. All right. But, uh, you know, I grew up with Arizona basketball since I was five years old. And as you get older, man, you learn about rooting for people over laundry. And yeah. uh, when you can root for both, because the people that are associated with the laundry that you choose to root for are such great people, it makes it uh, very, very gratifying. Just, just great that people. Spontaneous right now, did you just come up with that off the top of your head? Because that's really, really good. I did. I did, yeah. You know what? There's a reason that Ali has, has his hands in almost everything. All right, Ali, before we sign off right here, though, we got to talk about you and Justin kill it every morning, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 on ESPN 1490, ESPN Tucson. I'm trying to think, 104.9 Channel 4 on the HD dial. Is this it's, correct? It's uh, 1490 AM, and it's 94.9 Channel 4 HD. HD. All right. Yeah, I was wrong on that one. Then besides the sugar skulls, the conquistadors running your own law firm, what else do you got going on right there? Man, right now it's uh, all of that. And, you know, we got the um, also on Spears and Ollie. We also podcast every episode. So on Spotify and Apple, you can go to Spears and Ollie. And Mike, we do an overtime mm -hmm. uh, episode. If you want to learn more about the Middle Eastern trip with Arizona basketball, we did one last Wednesday. It's just called Overtime. Right. That I'm able to get a little bit further into it. Um, man, I mean, listen, I try to be uh, just a, a servant leader here in our community. So whatever I can do to make our community a better place, I'm going to try to do. Um, and so, yes, the Arizona Bowl, we're getting going in earnest. Got Teddy Bruschi as our luncheon speaker on October 12th. I hope everybody can show up for that and we can pack the room like we did last year for uh, Gronk. And then uh, we're going to have a great air. We're going to have a pachanga. Well, Pachanga. Pachanga week. You know what Pachanga is? No, I don't, but it sounds fantastic. Pachanga is, it means a rowdy celebration, a party. And uh, so we're we're taking the Arizona Bowl and we're wrapping it around a week to make it Tucson's Mardi Gras. And we're calling it Pachanga. So we're going to have pub crawls. We're going to have a spirit rally downtown with the bands and the cheerleaders we're going to have the Arizona Bowl itself. We need to fill that stadium. And then, you know, the three questions everybody asks in Tucson are, is it going to rain? Hey, Mike, how did you like that rain? Yes. And what are you doing? And what are you doing on New Year's Eve? Well, the good people at the Arizona Bowl, we answered the third question because we have our own New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve Times Square party. We close off downtown. Uh, I can tell you breaking news, Mike. We yeah. have Warrant performing at uh, New Year's oh, wow. Eve, Taco Bell Bull Bash, Taco Bell uh, New Year's Eve Bull Bash. So Warrants will be performing, and then we drop a taco at midnight. And, and don't think people haven't caught on. We had over 10 million impressions and views on social media over our taco drop. So we're trying to build traditions here in our community so that we all come together because a community that celebrates together thrives together. And so this year and for years to come, from December 27th to New Year's Eve, will be Pachanga Week in Tucson, Arizona. All right. There, it, sometimes in life, you just come across some people that just get it, and they're going to be good at whatever they do. I always say that about Mealbach. 
I always say I also say that about Ali Farhang right there. Some people just get it. Ali, this has been a pleasure, my man. I really appreciate it. Love you, Mike. Keep doing what you do. You're the best. Right. For I appreciate it, my guy. For Ali Farhang, I am Mike Luke, Jacob Franklin behind the scenes. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.